Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shevska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! Well, according to the Seiko on my wrist... It's noon, which means it's time for news that you can use from YAA on Thursday, October 14th, 2021. Welcome, everyone, and hi there, Zach. How you doing today, Pops? Well, you know, now that I got the date and time down, I'm doing pretty damn good. Awesome, awesome. Well, wow, we've got a lot that we're going to run through today. The title of today's episode, we're really focusing the initial topic on what's going on with Toyota. There was a super interesting article from uh, Automotive News about Toyota being the sales leader in 2021 and likely going to be the sales leader again in 2022. I thought we'd yes. there, Dad. How's that sound? That sounds like a, a good plan to me. <laughs> awesome. Great. So let me share my screen with you and let's run through this article together. So here it is back in automotive news, title being analysts. Toyota might keep U.S. sales crown in 2022. Prices, interest rates will rise. Those are some of the other expectations from those who are supposedly all-knowing. But the real headline here, Dad, Toyota's beaten GM. GM has traditionally been the U.S. sales leader for many, many years, and Toyota hasn't. And they're going to be this year and likely next year as well. Yes. Toyota is, is the worldwide leader in in global sales but not necessarily the number one leader in sales in the united states but they should be this year and the the expectation on behalf of the analysts is uh, because the toyota seems to be mitigating the chip shortage a little better in the supply chain issues a little better than general motors that they should be able to continue that top spot again next year and the analyst expectation is is that General Motors should be able to retake uh, the top spot going in uh, by the end of 2023. But you know, let's let's get through this year. Let's let's make it into next year before we start giving out predictions for 2023 and what GM might or might not be able to do. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, in the report here, I'll, I'll, I'll pull the data back up on the screen. There's a couple things of note. You know, the, the companies that were hit hardest by the chip shortage so far were GM and Ford. And we yes. recently, I think it was yesterday, Dad, we were talking about uh, the, the day supply of inventory and all that fun stuff. GM and Ford are struggling mightily, especially compared to where they were three years ago. Everyone is, but... It was estimated that GM lost 675,000 vehicles already this year. Ford's lost 600,000. Toyota and Stellantis are at 300,000 vehicles that have been lost to production. So this isn't necessarily a reflection of maybe consumer buying interests. Like maybe there are more people that want GM and Ford products than Toyota and Stellantis products. It's a matter of merchandise that's on the shelves. Like you can just find more Toyotas out there right now. Um, You know, you can't find as many GMs or especially Fords. Fords having the quality control issues out the wazoo too. That's making it difficult for them uh, as well. They, They have any number of issues, but, but, you know, a, a lot of their issue is the chip issues, um, and both both Ford and GM uh, really misplayed um, the handling of of acquiring enough chips to be able to produce enough vehicles at the levels that they had intended, um, and so it's coming back to bite GM in the butt a little bit this year, um, and the expectation is that it will bite them again next year. 
Um, and, you know, uh, it's great that analysts would suggest that by the end of 2023, that GM should be in a position to overtake Toyota again. But I don't know. My thinking is that as more and more people get into Toyotas and realize the quality of those vehicles as compared to some of the domestic brands, that there's there might not be any turning back from Toyota. Um so I don't know that that Chevy or General Motors in in particular would be in a position to to retake the uh, or regain the lead again uh, if they keep losing consumers to uh, better quality brands. Yeah, and the other thing is the uh, the vehicles that are being produced are getting really high marks from different review sites, reviewers, yes. personas out there. The Toyota products are really well like beloved, um, and GM products and others, you know, like sure they they still hold a place in people's heart. Like to talk to someone who owns a Chevy Silverado, and they'll tell you why a Chevy Silverado is the best thing ever. But the Toyota Tundra is a formidable uh, competitor to that nowadays, and it didn't always used to be. Let Let me share a quick story with you, if I may. When I had the uh our golf store um, before I had the privilege of going bankrupt out in Arizona, the golf store was about to, did you ever say to your, uh, your, your financiers, show me the money, show me the money. Yeah. And I also said to the vendors that I owed the money to, I can't show you the money. Uh, but that, that's a different story. But anyway, the store was about two and a half miles from the general motors proving grounds. And I used to get a lot of their engineers at the store and they'd always come in, in different vehicles. And, um, one day, one of the engineers was there and he was driving a Lexus. And I said, let me ask you a question. Why, why do you have all these different cars? He says, well, we buy all the cars so we can tear them down and we can see how they're built and we can see what the quality of their components are. I said, okay, having done that, what are the best cars that you guys have seen? He said, by far it's Lexus and Toyota without a doubt. This was in the late 80s, early 90s. I don't think things have really changed since then. So um, the quality of the Toyota and Lexus products are the reason that Toyota will, will be the leading seller of cars in the United States this year and probably will continue to be next year. And we've got a comment here in the chat, Dad, from Space here with us live on YouTube. Same with the Korean brands. We'll be gaining market share with better availability and great value. Yes. Yeah. I mean, a story that we're going to touch on a little bit later in today's show is all about the fact that um, Hyundai is actually looking to produce their own uh, semiconductors, their own chips, yep. to remove the reliance they have on TSMC and, and ASML and all the other you know providers or component providers out there. Yeah. I mean, imagine a world where... Hyundai can keep more of that in-house, probably what much more expensive, but better availability of their product. People love their Hyundais, their Kias, et cetera. Yep. I mean, that's the future. Yep. I, I, I think it very well could be. Now, Pops, we also go live on Twitch when we do these shows, and Pitoro just sent us that. I don't know what that is, but we love when people stream us on Twitch. I, believe, I, 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 I don't know what that is. <laughs> All right, so let's switch gears here, Pops. Okay. There was an incredibly interesting article that came out from our dear friends over at KBB. If you know us, you know we're not really huge advocates for using Kelly Blue Book for your trade-in values or the yes. valuations for, for a vehicle you're going to sell, trade-in, etc. That being said, they've got a good research arm. They're tied in with the Cox Automotive, you know, Goliath monolith. So they yes. have all sorts of data and Pops. For the first time ever in the month of September, we had average new car selling prices over, drumroll please, 
$45,000. Damn, that's a lot of money. Um, I I think that's more than the first house I ever bought. Um, Wait, really? Yeah, it might have been, yeah. That's insane. Well, yeah, but, you know, don't forget when I was a kid, tasty cakes were a nickel, and you don't even know what a tasty cake is. Um, But that's another story. But anyway, yes, crack the $45,000 barrier and probably crack that barrier for more than one reason. It was, I think, in July or August where we saw that the average new car selling price um, in the United States was had had hit just over forty thousand dollars, and and so we've had like a five thousand dollar increase in the average new car selling price in September, and I think the reason for that is supply chain issues, chip shortages, manufacturers deciding to to allocate the chips to their higher profit, higher margin, more expensive, uh, high-end products. So that even though there's less people in the marketplace, those people that are in the marketplace are kind of forced to buy a more expensive vehicle because there are less and less and less of the cheaper vehicles out there, the less expensive vehicles out there. So um, I think part of it is, is how... The manufacturers allocated the chips. Um, part of it is that um, they're, the people that are still buying cars tend to be uh, slightly better well off. Um, uh, and part of it is the fact that we keep seeing an, a dramatic increase in the growth of luxury car sales in this country. Yep. And we're going to dive into all those topics. want to comment on a couple things here. Craig says boycott cars or just go to stopbuyingcars.com. You never yes. know what you might see there. Uh, we've got uh, Igor reminding us that in the 60s and 70s, new houses were about the same price as a midsize SUV today. So yeah, you're spot on, Ted. Yeah. And Big Apple voiceover, thank you for the kind live donation. We appreciate uh, all contributions back to YAA. Yeah. So, Dad, let's actually look at this article from Edmonds, excuse me, from um, from KBB. Edmonds is another example of like someone who has a lot of data, but mm-hmm. not necessarily our best friend. All that being said, over forty five thousand dollars. The the mark was forty five thousand. You probably want this bigger. Forty five thousand and thirty one dollars in the month of September. Other things to note here. Sales were down 7.3% in September compared to August. So fewer sales, higher prices. Mm-hmm. We can all look back at our supply demand curves in our in our minds yes. right here. And then the reasons that that KBB stipulates or puts out there, yep, the parts shortage. Um, so the, the semiconductors, everything we've been talking about for weeks, months, yes. almost a year now. The lack of discounts. So incentives made up just 5.2% of the average transaction price in September. Incentives made up 10% of the average transaction a year earlier. So there's fewer incentives for manufacturers, which makes less, sense. Less, less marketing dollars being spent by the manufacturers. Absolutely. Yes. Different pictures for different brands. The story wasn't the same at every dealership. Porsche, Land Rover, Genesis, Subaru, and Toyota each saw incentives make up 3% or less of their average sales price. Now, Remember, yesterday on the show, we were talking about new car day's supply of inventory. We didn't get numbers from Porsche. We didn't get numbers from Land Rover. We did from Genesis, Subaru, and Toyota, and they were low. So it makes sense that there's going to be no incentives (laughs) on them. And on Uh, the other end of the spectrum, Alfa Romeo, Buick, Fiat, Infiniti, all over 10% of the sale price was incentives. Go ahead, Pops. Which would indicate that they probably have more cars 
uh, a greater day supply nationally than some of those other brands. For instance, we know that that Subaru, um, they, they have a five-day supply of cars nationally. So if, if you had a five-day supply of cars nationally, would you really have to spend a lot of money in, in incentives to get people to buy them? Most of those cars are spoken for and pre-sold before they ever hit the dealership's lot. Yep, I'm pulling it up right here. Joinya.com slash guides, new car inventory levels, October 2021. We have the live broadcast from yesterday. Come right down here. Subaru, there it is. There is a five-day supply of Subarus right now, a 16-day supply of Toyotas right now. What was the other one that was on that list? Uh, Genesis. Genesis. 40-day supply of Genesis, just not that many units of inventory out there. Yes. Um, so with that can be part of the justification there. Coming well, back- and, and the other part of the justification for Genesis is that right now that's a pretty hot brand. I mean, their year-over-year sales are, are probably up close to 300% or if not a little bit more than that. Um, so it's a brand that's catching fire. And so at this point, they don't they don't really need to incentivize it. Definitely, definitely. And then there was one other note here from the KBB article, luxury sales rising. Luxury vehicles made up 16.6% of total sales in September, among the highest proportions we've seen in a decade. The average luxury vehicle buyer spent 60000 rounded up $61,000. Acura, Cadillac, Genesis, and Mercedes-Benz each saw their average sales price grow by more than 20% compared to one year before. Pops, we've talked about this a bit in the past, that divide, the haves and the have-nots, luxury sales rising while all other sales can't and won't. And then you see a Mitsubishi Mirage appreciating 50% in a year. I mean, this is how much more clear can it be that there's a gulf and a divide, and it's very apparent to us just looking at auto. Um, there, there always has been, uh, it seems to be getting, uh, uh, wider, this, this divide, this gulf, uh, this chasm, uh, between the haves and the have nots, those that have, and those who want. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, and, and you see it reflected in, in these numbers and it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of scary and, uh, and worrisome at the same time. It really, really is. One other uh, quick shout out. We have a uh, Twitter thread back on uh, uh, on my Twitter documenting this data there as well. So if you know someone who's thinking about buying a car, who's curious about what's going on in the market right now, retweet this thread. Holy cow. The average new car costs more than $45,000 to buy. Here's a quick thread on what's going on in the auto market right here. I'll summarize for you. Spread the word because if people don't need to be buying cars right now, they shouldn't. Exactly, exactly. All right, Pops, so shall we switch gears again? Okay, uh, um, you know, my gears are, are, are grinding anyway. Okay, this story actually, I hate the saying, but grinds my gears. Ooh. I know when I sent this over to you in the morning, um, it probably like piqued your interest as well. The headline for this article, and I'll pull it up in just a second, but I want to I want to discuss it a little bit before we look at the details. Ford removes minimum credit score for 84-month loans. Mm-hmm. Mm. 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 that could be a new sound effect but Um, so ford removes minimum so can you talk to us a little bit that about a few things the evolution of financing terms when you started in the business they weren't 84 months and uh, they were they were 60 months months less than that they were 24 months 24 months was was the average length of a loan if somebody actually took out a loan 
okay? And extended terms were 30 months or 36 months. And then as pricing kept going up, they kept extending the term so that the monthly payment for people uh, could still remain affordable. And the longer you have to extend out those loans, um, the more worrisome it becomes for the lender and the borrower. Um, and 84 months, that's seven years, my friends, seven years. Okay. And statistically speaking, in this country, people probably try to trade out of their cars every three years. Well, if you still have four years left on your note, you're not going to have any equity to put in towards getting the next vehicle, which is going to delay your purchase of that next vehicle. And then if you start having issues with that older car, even though you still have another two, three, or four years left to pay on it, and you have to make a choice between spending the money to repair the car or making your car payment, oftentimes people are going to decide, well, I'm just, I'm not going to make the car payment this month. I'll, I'll make the repair payment this month. So if you take out of the equation that you have to have good to great credit in order to qualify for those extended terms, and you allow people with lower credit scores uh, and, and, and lower credit histories to just be able to access that, you are just, you're asking for a disaster in the future. You're, you're taking these people who can barely afford the vehicle that they want to buy asking to greet us to take seven years to pay it off. And then in essence, you're burying them. You are putting them in a position um, that is, is not good for them financially. It's not good for them moving forward. Uh, the likelihood that, that the number of repossessions and defaults on these loans will increase dramatically. It, it's just, it'll be staggering, absolutely staggering. So let's look at the article real quick, and I want to get some of your thoughts and from your prior experiences around like minimum credit requirements. So this comes from our friends over at Cars Direct, and um, and you can see the 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 note here. Ford has removed its minimum FICO requirement for 84 month financing, according to a bulletin sent this week to dealers. While 84 month loans aren't for everyone, the change could enable consumers to no longer feel limited by their credit score in the same way as in the past when buying a new Ford car or truck gonna scroll down here pops i want to i want to look at what um who was it it was um margaret melot um ford's credit spoke ford credits uh, spokesperson here's what she said our proprietary scoring models do an excellent job of assessing the probability that an applicant will be able to pay fico is one input eliminating the separate fico requirements opens the prospect of financing to more customers who would qualify for 84 month financing within our models, regardless of their FICO score. You know what that says to me, Pops? I'll tell you what it says to me. It reminds me of the Great Recession, the housing bursting bubble of 2008, because all the lenders said, hey, if they can fog a mirror, Okay, we'll give them a mortgage, whether they qualify for that mortgage or not, whether they have the ability to pay for that mortgage or not. And that's what Ford is saying in a roundabout way, whether they can actually afford to make these payments over seven years or not is irrelevant. We want to just 
sell the cars. Yeah, and honestly, as I was reading that, all I could think of was you one time saying, There's not a big enough bowl to make that much poop. That is true, young man. That is true. Yeah, let's let's get rid of our, our minimum FICO requirements, and then let's get people into loans that they, quite frankly, they can make payments because they're payment shopping, but they don't really understand the implications. And this article, thank you, Cars Direct, they actually put this at the bottom of the article. Let me pull it back up here, Pop, so you can look at it. It says here, 84-month loans often have higher rates that can translate to significant interest costs. While the upside is usually a lower monthly payment, the total cost is another matter. For example, we estimate that Ford's current rate of 6.9% on the 2022 Bronco Sport would make a $40,000 SUV cost over $50,000 before taxes and fees. And so yeah, if you yeah, they're, don't, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to charge a higher interest rate for the extended term. So they're helping, they're hoping that that higher interest rate mitigates the additional losses that they might have in, in default, default, in defaults and, and repossessions. Uh, but it, it's just, it's just another way to, um, hold people down because if you if you allow people to overextend themselves like this you're you're doing a disservice to the customer and ultimately you're doing a disservice to yourself yeah um that's gonna get the great chefska stamp of approval sam texas thank you for the thoughtful donation again we appreciate especially when we're live like this any contributions that come in thank you thank you thank you thank you uh, sam Igor says here in the chat, it's a double trouble worse than taking a balloon loan. Yes. Viking seat over on Twitch, the great car bubble pop of 2022. Oh, you don't have to call me car bubble pop. <laughs> <laughs> you can Mark just call Day. me pop. <laughs> Mark Day, more sales does not equal best. Yeah, I mean, everyone's, mm -hmm. everyone's, um, everyone's agrees here uh, yes. with what's going on. All right, let's take a moment here, Dad. Let's switch gears once more. We've got two more stories we're going to cover relatively quickly here. Let's do a quick chip shortage update because a day can't go by without us thinking about the chip shortage effect on the market. How's that sound? Uh, that sounds good, and people are convinced that that's all we want to talk about anyway. <laughs> so we've got some news from GM. Uh, so we were talking the other day about opening some plants. Well, now they're letting us know they're going to close some plants, but it kind of makes sense which plants are going to close. Yes, the Bolt and the Equinox. This, yes. so this ties back to our prior story and a you know separate topic, which was the fact that new car prices are going up. Yeah, because there's more profit in the higher uh, dollar value um, vehicles that are being produced. Yes. And manufacturers like GM, all the automakers are allocating chips to those that have more profit. So we're going to shut down a Bolt plant and an EV, uh, an Equinox plant because, well, you know, in part. And, and and let's face it, the reason they're really going to shut down the Bolt plan is because they're waiting for for uh, uh, new batteries to come in so that they won't have uh, the issues that they've had over the past three or four years um, with the LG batteries that, that they've been utilizing. Yes. Yeah, that is that is also very, very true. I think it was LG is going to pay like one point eight billion dollars to remediate what happened on the uh, on the battery front, which is yeah, just a, just a just a tiny, tiny amount. Just have those uh, sh uh, uh, bolts social distance. That was that was great. That that was the key. Uh, yes. Yeah. And then the other uh, headline on the chip side of things is yeah, Hyundai aiming to develop their own chips and cut reliance on chip makers. Their CEO Nuno says the worst has passed for the industry. Uh, adding it had uh, uh, Hyundai had their toughest months in August 
in September. What's your take on this, Pops? I know you've always worked on the retail and on the dealership side, but what's your take on uh, on Hyundai's well, new care? You know, everybody's excited that Hyundai says that this is something that they're going to do moving forward. But you have to realize it's not something that that gets done overnight. Um, so yes, I think it's a wonderful idea that um, they don't want to leave themselves hostage to the, the chip makers out there and they want to do something about it and start being able to produce chips um, in-house. But it's going to take time from having the conversation that says, yes, this is what we're going to do, to actually having the capability of producing those chips. Um, more and more manufacturers will probably look at something like that so that they can mitigate these issues moving forward. But you have to realize that automobile manufacturers don't make most of the parts that go into their cars. They, you know, they have vehicle parts suppliers um, because it makes more sense for the manufacturers not to have to invest money in creating those parts. Um, so it's, it, they're just, they're, they're thinking, I think as most probably would, that chips are going to be the major supply chain issue, uh, now and for the foreseeable future. And so they want to try and get ahead of it. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on. I think there are going to be all sorts of pros and cons that come out of this movement as well. Um, like we've got a comment here in the chat from space. Chips are good, but Hyundai really needs to fix their dealership experience to continue to grow. So it's like as you get pulled in these different directions where it's like, okay, now we need to become a chip manufacturing company mm -hmm. and an automaker. And, oh, wait, we need to make sure our dealer partners are treating customers well. You start to spread yourself a little thin. So I'll be interested to see, you know, automakers have traditionally done a great job of becoming these entities that thousands of different suppliers come in one place. We design the vehicle, we manufacture it. It's a big ask to now say, okay, one of the most critical components, we're going to make it in-house. And also, Dad, I guess one question I have for you, and then we'll we'll pivot to the final story for today. One question I have for you, why hasn't a single automaker taken this opportunity to say, hey, we're going to produce a low-tech car? You know, think about it. We're sitting here, you've got your, your smartphone, I've got my smartphone. It's such an opportunity to say, like, we're going to build the dumb phone. We're going to build the dumb car, the one that that everyone that's like an enthusiast would want to drive, but doesn't have all the bells and whistles at a cheaper price point. And isn't there a market for that? Well, there is a market for that. And I've been saying it for years, even when I was still in retail automotive. Uh, imagine what would happen if somebody built a car that, I don't know, had roll your own windows, um, might not have air conditioning, had a push button radio, um, didn't have all these compu computer technologies built into them. And I don't know, it was ten dollars or $15,000 cheaper than the average car. Do I think people would buy that? I think there's plenty of people, not only in America, but worldwide, that would really appreciate it if there were affordable forms of transportation other than scooters and motorcycles that they could look into. And so uh, I think that it would take off if somebody would do it. And yeah, they could call it the dumb car and nobody would care that they called it the dumb car. Uh, you know, it would be like what Volkswagen was when the Beetle first came out. It was the people's car. They were inexpensive and it was and it was designed so that more people could actually afford it than not. We've got in the chat here from Twitch Viking Saint saying base Ford Maverick is kind of close to that. You know, that that's Kinda, cool. yeah. 
Yeah, and then it, from uh, Ridgeview, a very thoughtful contribution. Thank you, Ridgeview. As a senior citizen, it warms my heart to hear how you treat and talk to your pop, only on camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when it comes time to pay the bill at dinner, he he, he has these alligator arms all of a sudden, <laughs> deep pockets and short arms. Pops, we've got a new segment that we're going to test out today. Last article we're going to talk about. You ready for this? Yes, I am. Really? You, you got to be, be kidding, kidding me. me. Really? You got to be kidding me. New segment from us that we're going to do daily on news you can use from YAA. Pops, you want to tee it up here? What is really you've got to be kidding me? Uh, well, we're, we're going to single out stuff that goes on in the industry that just makes you go, really? You got to be kidding me that you came up with this idea. These are these are head scratchers that that just, you know, common sense says it shouldn't be this way. And so to contribute or share stories uh, like the one we're about to look at here in just a moment, join YAA.com slash community. That's where our forum lives. There's thousands of people on there. It's awesome. If you need help buying a car, check that out. If you want to share a story that you think should be a part of, really, you've got to be kidding me, or any news story that you want us to um, potentially take a look at for daily news you can use, let us know back there. Pops, this one came in from a nice gentleman named David down in Texas. The headline here. Forced financing at the car dealership following the WFAA, that's the local um, ABC affiliate down there, story, Texas regulators getting complaints about dealers who refuse outside financing. The dealer demands in the finance office are frustrating car buyers who are already navigating lack of inventory and higher prices. So what was going on here, Dad, is you couldn't buy a car unless you financed through the dealership. Yes, they wouldn't. They wouldn't accept cash. They wouldn't accept your check. They they wouldn't accept uh, a check from your credit union. They didn't care what kind of rates you have. I mean, you know, where where you're trying to hand them money and they're going, oh no no no, really? You gotta be kidding me. That's like <laughs> so the let's- dumbest thing I ever heard. You let's look at well, you you also get it from the business standpoint, but really it's pretty pretty atrocious. Like you you lose the relationship with that customer, but you make more money on the fact that you like handled the car, the financing through you know your captive lender. Well, ob- obviously the key for consumers that are stuck in that trap is take the dealer financing and refinance it immediately through your better source and and just play along with the dealer. And then stick it to them by refinancing the car immediately. Yeah, buddy. Uh, that times infinity. That's exactly what you you could should and save yourself the aggravation of getting all upset. Just do what my dad just said. Yeah. But pops, look at this here. So um, in WFAA's initial report on this phenomena, the Office of Consumer Credit Commissioner said we are concerned about the practice. In response to the initial story, the OCCC said it wanted to be contacted by consumers who experienced this. I wasn't sure how until I saw the WFAA article. One person wrote as they filed one of the few dozen complaints about this practice. Here are um, some snippets from car shoppers complaining to the state about what feels like forced financing at the dealership. They actually, these are direct quotes. They actually told a client in front of us to leave because they had their own financing. I was turned down as a veteran with an approval from Navy Federal Credit Union. The manager stated that it would allow him to make money on the back end. Even with an offer of cash, they would not sell me the car. The interest rate was about two and a half points higher, but I needed a car quickly, so I agreed. The sales manager told me directly, if you choose to go with the credit union, this will change the price of the vehicle. I handed them a check from my credit union for $50,000. Salesman stated, at this time, they were not accepting financing (laughs) from credit unions. 
You put 50 grand in front of me, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I mean, this is insane. How is a business able to force a customer to use their financing? When I asked why, he said, because the owner can do what they want. And and here's the sad reality is that the, that the state is, is taking a look at it, but apparently there isn't anything on the books that says um, that this is wrong. This is illegal. So if it's not illegal, it's it's at least borderline unethical. Um, it is unethical. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, money's money. Cash is cash. Um, you, you, you take the money. I, I was taught years and years and years ago in the business, you never turn down somebody's money. If they're handing you money, you figure out a way to, to take it. And <laughs> and now these guys are so piggish and so hoggish. Um, you know, the old saying, pigs get fat and the hogs get slaughtered. The, these, these guys are just being hoggish and saying, yeah, we're making a lot of money selling you the car, but we're not happy enough making more money than we've ever made. We're going to force you to allow us to make more. And, and, and those are the type of dealers that when they say that to you, vote with your wallet, vote with your feet, get the hell up, walk out of there, well, run out of pops, there. Pops, but pops. If it's the only car in your area, you've found it, you've you've got a, a, a quote unquote fair price, buy the thing, don't get too frustrated, refinance a week later, they'll get hit with a chargeback. And 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 that way, you know, you win, you get the best outcome for you. And you know what? They they'll never have to see you again. You're never gonna go back there. I think that's the point I want to make is vote with your wallet the next time around. Because right now there's a hundred Acura ILXs in the entire country. If the one you want, they're forcing you to take their financing, take their financing, but then stick it to them. Refinance. You know, you know what? Those accurate dealers would probably gladly take your cash for one of those cars. <laughs> Show me the money. Show me the money. And they there would take it. So this is the first of what hopefully will become a series for. Really? You, you gotta, gotta be, be kidding, kidding me. me. Pops, another show in the books. Thank you for doing this with me. Um, again, join yacom slash community. Contribute to the forum there. Thank you to everyone who is here live with us on YouTube, Twitch. Uh, Twitter, uh, uh, JDate. Uh, um, OnlyFans. Hinge. Um, mm -hmm. Tinder. Bumbler. Um, Bumbler. That's yeah. Skechers. Skechers. Stitcher. Um, um, and any other uh, uh, social media. What are, what are like the meal prep companies? I can't even remember one. Uh, right Blue now. Apron. Blue Apron. Thank you yeah, for tuning yeah. in on Blue Apron. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, man. I'll see you tomorrow. I love you too, handsome. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye. Yep. Bye. Bye. Join us again next time, which is probably tomorrow, to get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon.